Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. I'm really excited about our next guest, Gina DeVee wrote a book called The Audacity to Be Queen, The Unapologetic Art of Dreaming Big and Manifesting Your Most Fabulous Life. Who wouldn't want that? Gina is a published author, accomplished speaker, podcast host, business coach, and self-made multimillionaire entrepreneur. We definitely have to find out how she did that. But she's dedicated her career to helping women connect spiritually, start profitable businesses, create wealth from a feminine perspective, and become highly visible so they can make a global impact. Welcome to the show, Gina. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Let's talk about the days where you were struggling. How did you even get into kind of getting into the empowerment mode for yourself and then, you know, moving forward? Oh, it's, um, it's, it's interesting. It's like, it feels like yesterday and like a lifetime ago. Uh, you know, I, I think I got out of this struggle by staying connected to the dream. You know, I think that we all have a big dream for our life and depending on what we've been through and when we've been through it, we can get our confidence knocked or even lose faith that like the big life is meant or available for us. Like society just teaches us that it's for some people and not for everyone. And I think that I just kept being aware of my desires. And at the time I was just like hoping that one day my life would change but then when the student is ready, the teacher really does appear. And I found that as I craved a desire, like a book would fall off the shelf, a seminar would show up in my life, a, a, a mentor would walk in. And it was just at the beginning, it was step by step. And then it turned into quantum leap to quantum leap. Um, so I would say that the definitely the beginning stages of getting out of struggle is being more committed to the dream than the struggle. Um, at what point, like what now did you already know and you were working with the law of attraction naturally because you know, you, you've had some videos where you have some powerful manifesting stories. I'd love to touch on one of them Mm -hmm. at some point. Um, how did you realize that you had the power to create the life you desire? I mean, that's the thing that stumps most people, right? They feel like this is happening to me. It's a victim mentality. They don't feel that there's any kind of co-creation. Um, and it doesn't even matter if you believe in God or not. It's something that people think is beyond the realms of possibility. I know it's not. I'm here right now talking to you because I believe in the same things you do. Mm -hmm. But how did you come across that way of thinking, the understanding that you actually had the power to use intention? to create your life? Yes. Well, um, it was literally exactly that. I, I I did not grow up with this mentality. I grew up in a very traditional Christian household. So it was like sort of God was in charge and there was like sort of like I had next to no responsibility except be obedient. (laughs) Um, so I, I didn't think that I had the power myself to, to manifest anything, let alone a great life. Um, and but I always had the bigger dream. So it's to think like the, the little girl dreams inside of me knew that the better something was available, but the conditioning and the psychology that we were taught that you go to college, get a job, do things you don't like all day just to get the paycheck. And literally uh, a friend of a friend came into town and offered me a free ticket to what was 
literally the science of getting rich workshop. And that was probably my, it was like right when the secret came out, it was a Bob Proctor seminar for those who know him and his work. And he was giving this free seminar on the science of getting rich. And he was probably the first person that taught me the concept that you can't live a really full life unless you're abundantly wealthy that, you know, which my soul knew it's like, how are you supposed to, you know, have the resources to fund your dreams if you don't, you don't have money to do so. So it's like, he just gave all kinds of permission to, for everything that I wanted to believe, but had never heard. I like, love there's Bob more Proctor. than enough money I just want to say that. Yeah. Yes. Love Bob Proctor. Everybody should look him up if you don't know him. He's wonderful. Yes. He's like, um, so it was like, you know, he's the first person that said there's more than enough money out there. There's more than enough clients. There's, there's, um, he was the first person that taught me money is energy. Um, so I just soaked it up like it was lemonade and, you know, and then success starts to beget success. The secret had just come out. They were selling that movie at the seminar. So I bought that and then started learning about law of attraction. And I think like what the bleep had just come out then. So started learning about quantum physics and, um, and I just really, I took it at face value in the sense that like, I just chose to believe it was true. Like I'm not a scientist. I'm not a researcher. Like I didn't like get into all the, but what about, you know, with the arms crossed mentality, I was just like, you know what? I want to believe this is true. I'm just going to believe it. And I did. And it worked. Okay, so that leads me into, and I know you have a lot of these examples likely, but uh, one of them was a video I saw where you mm-hmm. had a scenario and you said, you know, I'm never going to struggle again financially, and I'm never mm-hmm. going to say the following, quote, I would love to do that, X, I'd love to do X, but I don't have the money, right? I'd love to go mm-hmm. on a trip, but I don't have the money. And then you kind of got hit with an immediate challenge there because you had a scenario where you needed to come up with like $30,000. Can you tell us about this experience? Because this is really, really incredible manifestation and a a perfect example of choosing to believe that it's true. (laughs) Yes. So let's see. So I'm at that seminar, actually. And so the vibration was just getting so high, like my mind was opening up, he was talking about concepts of like, you can turn your yearly income into your monthly income. And I was like, what? Like, I was making $24,000 a year at that point. And I was like, like the thought of making $24,000 a month, like I just wasn't around it. I didn't even, I never knew anybody who had ever made $24,000 a month. So like, I just had all this expansion this going on. And so when, as my consciousness was being raised, it just dropped in that I had a choice and I could make a decision and a decision means to cut. And I made the decision that I was never going to struggle again financially. Now at this time I had $60 in my bank account. Like no joke, like, like you $60. were currently struggling. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like credit cards were maxed. Didn't have any family members that could ask for the money. Um, credit was ruined. I was seventy five thousand dollars in debt. I was. Um, I just moved from Detroit to Los Angeles to become a life coach, and I was like you know, trying to live the dream. Cause it was like, I declared I was going to sell $6,000 packages, which sounded amazing, but I was like selling one every four to six months. Um, you know, like, so I was just, I didn't have a website. I didn't have a list. I didn't have a follow. I didn't even have friends basically. Cause, and I was down to $60 in my bank account, but I was just learning these concepts that like, we really do have the power to change our life. 
uh, I'm just gonna make the. I am gonna learn how to make money, and so I'm. I'm making the decision. I'm never gonna struggle again financially. Now I did not know how, and looking back, I'm like mildly impressed with myself and the incredible faith that I had in that moment. To, um, but obviously it was by grace that, that have the content, and then the thing that would support that. As I was the queen of, I'd love to, but I don't have the money. Like that was like, hey, Gina, do you want to like take this next course? I'd love to, but I don't have the money. You want to go? You want to go out to dinner? I'd love to, but I don't have the money. It was like it was just like what I'd gotten used to, and it seemed per- perfectly reasonable because it was just my truth, uh, or so I thought. And, anyways, I'm like soaking up this material, like hearing everything that I've always wanted to hear my whole life, like that I can create my desires and my desires aren't wrong and there's more than enough money. And it was like, it was all so exciting. And so I just made this decision. I'm never going to struggle again financially and I'm never going to say I'd love to, but I don't have the money. And then, and Bob Proctor speaking in his three piece suit and it was all phenomenal. And then it was one of those multi-speaker events. So the the very next speaker that came up was a woman and she was incredible. Like I was like, oh my God. She too was like saying everything. She was just like this living example of like who I wanted to be and like what was actually possible. And I was just like, she is my next coach. Like I wanted to coach with a woman. She's the one, this is happening. Like there's no coincidences. And then she goes and she pitches her program and it's $17,000. Right. Let's highlight that $17,000 and you have $60 in your bank account and you're making 24 (laughs) grand a year. So, okay. And so I just, I'm like, where there's a will, there's a way. Like I had to figure this out and I'm also Sicilian. So like I walked up to her on the break and I was like, do you do a payment plan? Like, like, I don't know why I asked that. Like I had some corporate paycheck coming in that I could like chipped away at it. And she just looked at me and she said, no. And I was like, these rich people, they're, they're all this, like, you know, it, like she's rich, doesn't even help a girl out. Right. You know, I'm like, if, if I had $17,000, I wouldn't even need her to coach me. Like, like, yeah. like the, the, and these are all reasonable things uh, people would think in your situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, uh, and then the next speaker, like she had a $10,000 program. And anyways, I walked up to the the first one's assistant and I filled out the entire order form with all 16 digits of my debit card and the expiration date. And I signed it and I said, you give me two weeks before you run this card and then bought the other $10,000 program, you know, allegedly, uh, same sort of situation. And I walked out of that seminar with my three ring binder under one arm and the secret under the other. And I was just practicing everything that I had just been taught. Like, you got to see it, you got to feel it, you got to visualize it, you got to like desire it at that level of a white heat. And so I'm like, I see myself with $30,000. I see myself with $30,000 in two weeks because that's when the program started. I see myself with $30,000 in my online banking account. I see myself being coached by these coaches. I see myself like having a life and friends and being up to big things in the world. And I see myself with $30,000 in five days. And my husband's like, Gina, what are we going to do with you? If And I was like, no, no, no. There will be no talk of anything other than the complete and total manifestation of my dream. I see myself with $30,000 in four days, in three days, in two days. And then um, I would, in that time period, I was coaching one of my three clients at the time. And it was the last session of his package. And it was marriage coaching because clearly I knew nothing about business or money at that point. And he's like, Gina, this has been great. My marriage is in amazing condition. Love the work we've been doing. And I didn't know anything obviously about business. So I didn't know about re-enrolling or upselling or anything like that. And he says to me, um, 
because I just thought it would be our last session. And he says to me, you know, I've been thinking, I'd like you to coach my sales team. And I was like, oh no, please. So I knew he was like a business owner and he was like wealthy, but I, I didn't want him to know that I was an idiot in that department. So I like to always steered away from anything close to that subject. And I was like, uh, okay, so what is it that you sell? And he says, basement waterproofing. Basement water. Okay. Like, Clueless. if you see, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I didn't look that different than that I do today. I'm like, really, universe basement waterproofing sales manager, me. And I was like, uh, how many people do you have on your team? And he says, 10. Okay. Well, I'm out. Like, I got no more questions. I got, I had nothing else to say. I didn't know what else to do. And he says, so what do I do? buy 10 of those $6,000 packages of yours? Mm. I said, yes, that is exactly what you do. And in two weeks, not 30, but $60,000 came in. So I could buy my coaching programs and pay off some debt. Buy a couple of projects. Pro- okay. I love that it was doubled. Also, I want to just bring this back to this is what you did is one of the key tenets of law of attraction and intending. As you were saying to yourself, like, I'm going to have the 30, and you stuck to that belief, you believed it. You had the faith. You didn't know how. You didn't try to control the how, right? And that is such a big, important part. If you, you have to get to that point of believing the thing before you see it. You were there because you were so charged up in that environment. We can get there anytime we want if we focus on it. But I just kind of want to highlight that because there's a lot of people who will say the thing, but they're not truly believing it's possible inside. And that's not intention, right? You really got to that point where you believed it. Um, And this is what's so amazing is anytime I see this happens when it's a full force faith, it's very quickly manifested. And I love Uh that it was brought down to the wire for you, like two days left, right? You had no idea your client was going to offer that. You also had no idea. It was also a better outcome than you expected. It was double the 30,000 you had wanted. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to highlight that. Um, That's amazing. And that must have absolutely, because within those couple of weeks, you just come off of this, you know, inspiration uh, seminar, you know, situation, and you rolled right into success immediately. It had to have just like a thousandfold increased your faith that, yeah, this works. Yes, yes. It was such a, I mean, obviously a a blessing. It's a good day. Any day 60 grand rolls in. Um, (laughs) But it was really more, see, at that time, you know, you can call it beginner's luck or the idiot savant, because I literally didn't know what else to do. Like, like, today, it would almost be more challenging. It was like, if I need a certain amount of money, it's like, oh, I could do a launch for this or, you know, like, you kind of start to strategize versus really be open to the universe and how the universe wants to bring you whatever the opportunity or the abundance or the manifestation is. And so that's, I think, where it becomes more tempting when we humans think that we can control the outcome. Um, Because even if we do, then we can go and create the outcome, but it might not be done the pleasurable way. So something that I've gotten in the habit of really getting clear on the desire still, but then really asking the universe, like, what's the most pleasurable way for this manifestation to come in and really being open to unknown sources? I always say that the, mm, 
Man, the juice, the really good stuff is in the unknown possibilities. And if you're open to just unknown, but most people in their mind are trying to write, pick apart parts of their lives where it may be possible, right? Where these things could possibly come in. And when I was first doing this, I, you know, they always say like in the secret and in general, like, hey, you know, write yourself a check, but write yourself a check first that you think would be believable, right? Like, so don't write yourself the first check for 2 million bucks if you don't really believe, like start with something you might think is believable. And so at the time, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, and and I'm an actor as well, but I thought, you know, okay, uh, if I booked like a soap opera, that would probably be like 200 grand a year or something like that. Be like, okay. And to me, that was just like a believable thing of a way that it could kind of, kind of, I didn't, I wasn't vibing specifically that that would come in, but I thought, hey, it's possible I could get a call. And mm-hmm. in no time, I, so that's one way. Okay. Well, it came in in an entirely different way that I would have never, ever guessed, right? But let's hear it. Well, actually, it was just a meeting uh, old, old colleague from like technology industry called me wanted me to do some work for them. It was just like out of nowhere. And they wanted me to do some consulting. And literally, I I hadn't heard from this person in 10 years. It was sort of like you like you got a call, you know, you didn't expect your client Mm -hmm. to do that. And I'm what was funny, it was very much like the not Bob Proctor, but uh, Jack Canfield, the chicken soup for soul, where he thought, mm-hmm. okay, if I sold, you know, eat to an inquirer 25 cents a book, and he had this whole thing about right. how he was uh-huh. going to make his 100,000. Um, what was funny is, is that I actually got like, I made like 197, whatever it was, it was close to the, the number. But if I really looked at all the other things I had manifested that year, and I added them up, it actually equaled that amount. But here's the thing, was I upset that it was like, a couple thousand less than the no because it was oh my god like no it's it's still good um and so it was really interesting but again it was just to me to get the belief i kind of had to put it in some sort of realistic thing i mean you can have the belief without that but usually it will come in another way that's unexpected again an unknown possibility and so you know, and I know, I know you preach this too. You've got to be open to unknown calls. I, I can't even tell you the amount of times I've gotten called out of nowhere. And I know you have too. So this is the beauty and the magic of it. Um, I, you know, you talk so much about this audacity to be queen, right? You know, reclaiming your feminine power. Let's talk about mm-hmm. a few of these things that are tripping up women. One is, well, let's just talk about the fear of being visible. Okay. Uh, yes. What, where do we want to go with it? Let's just talk however you'd like to, to jump down in it. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's, um, well, it's certainly understandable because for so many centuries, it wasn't safe for women to be highly visible, whether they were too beautiful or too smart or too wild or too outspoken. And so, you know, there's, centuries in society over the years has worked very hard to diminish our power, keep us quiet, and literally harass the the women who are visible. And so getting into this place where we can feel safe and confident um, as we are visible, it's it's really kind of one of the major opportunities of this generation of women is to heal that, eradicate that, and and make it safe for society to um, have women feel safe in society. But the reason why we're so afraid is because we've placed 
source or spirit in in the wrong hands. We've made other people's voices more powerful than our own. We've made our sense of safety come from feeling liked and approved of and accepted, which has basically kept who we are invisible. And the more that women like us are getting out in whatever the center stage is for us and speaking up and being visible and not feeling so affected if someone else has a different opinion or straight up being like, you know, attacked or criticized because we no longer make that other voice more important or more powerful than our own. That's when we become safe. And so visibility for me, you know, I was so invisible to myself, um, you know, for, for so much of my life in my early adult years. And the antidote for that was, I wanted other people to do for me what I wasn't doing for myself. Like I mm. wanted them to see my greatness. I wanted them to, to see my adorableness. I wanted them to see my power, my creativity, et cetera. But I wasn't seeing it for myself. I wasn't like seeing it. And when I say seeing, I mean owning it. And mm-hmm. it was for, it wasn't until I really said, you know what, I'm going to be there for me. I'm not going to self-abandon. I'm going to see me for who I am and stop playing this little game like, oh, it's not important and I'm okay in the back row. And, um, you know, none of us were, were created to play second fiddle to anyone or to be mediocre in any way. And when I started seeing it in me, seeing it in me, and the more that I gave myself permission to be safe when I'm visible the less attacks and criticism actually came in. Ooh, can you expound on that or repeat that or both? Sure. <laughs> sure. So when I was invisible to myself and afraid, AKA afraid of what other people were going to say about me, then I was either playing small and was completely invisible. And then, so my next progression was I became more visible, but I was still holding the fear of, I was terrified of what other people were going to say about me. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I attracted a bunch of people that one could say a bunch of, you know, criticized me. And I write about it in the, in the book as well. And like my worst nightmare became manifested. I had the, the circumstances don't really matter as much as basically I was such a people pleaser. I was so codependent. I was so into being little miss perfect that I needed not, it wasn't my preference. I needed people to like me and approve of me for me to feel safe in the world. So this is just a classic sign of codependency. And then what happened was I set a boundary in one of my business programs. Someone wanted out of their contract and I said, no, thinking it was like super innocent and legit. And she went nuts. And she was like, how dare you? I don't, you know, like, I don't want to be in the program anymore and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, then started spreading gossip. It was a full blown smear campaign. And I thought I was going to die. Mm. It was like, it was so painful because I couldn't, because I I was just making their voices right. So in any given moment, I was like, oh my gosh, you should have let her out of the contract. This is like, I'm terrible. And, And then I'd get angry and like, you know, to myself, I would say she's terrible and awful. It was like this awful, like pendulum swing. Somebody was being crucified at any given moment. It was either me or her. And finally, I, um, I had, I really got that I was basically making her God. I was like, like her, like if she was okay with me, then I was okay. And if she wasn't, then I wasn't. And I realized that anytime I place my power in someone else and I make someone else source of my well-being, I will lose. 100%. And the minute I, 
the minute I realized that my codependency was slayed and basically that alleged horrible experience ended up totally freeing me. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm glad you mentioned People Pleaser. I've had Dr. Robert Glover on the show a couple of times. He wrote No More Mr. Nice Guy. It also applies to women who are people pleasers. And uh, this is a huge problem. It is such a playing small, but also really what it is, is if you're a people pleaser, you're a you're a freaking liar. That's really what it is. You are not expressing and being authentic because you're too afraid of what other people are going to think of that opinion or that. And that will just breed into covert contracts and weird, you know, like behaviors could be passive aggressive, mm-hmm. etc. And I'm sure you had some of that. How freeing to get out of that? Because man, when I've seen people take that 180, and they're no longer a people pleaser. It's so it's just ultimate in self empowerment. Totally, totally. How do we? Um, all right, so let's talk about a couple of things. All right, so hmm, you talk about this, and you know, you, you go through steps in the book about, you know, manifesting your quote, impractical dreams. I'm really this example, every one of my dreams that have come true would by anyone's standards have been impractical. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that the impractical dreams led to things that were kind of technically practical, or I would say led to money or led to this when maybe the initial endeavor, like for example, doing sketch comedy, you initially yields no money, you you don't get paid for shows, you're paying for your own props, you know, you're gassed to the theater, Mm -hmm. right? This is just, but it led to me being a writer that made me money eventually, etc. So, you know, let's talk about impractical dreams. And and I guess this can be tied in to settling, probably as well. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's touch on that. Because so many people are, oh, that's not practical. And it's just an excuse. It's just an excuse. Mm-hmm. It is really about thinking that we n- know the right way to do things. And and we as a society have been conditioned to be basically just addicted to the masculine energy. So let's talk about, and there's masculine and feminine energy within both male and female. But the masculine is the logical, the linear, the practical, the probable, um, the concrete, the tangible. Ultimately, masculinity is about giving. And the feminine, it's the intuitive, the invisible, the insightful, the playful, the pleasurable. It's about feeling and being versus thinking and doing. And ultimately, femininity is about receiving. So because our society is so addicted to the masculine, the linear, the practical, the probable, the predictable, it's we don't leave room open for the feminine or spiritual guidance. So we're like, you know, that's where it's like, go to college, get a job that's going to pay you well. Like, it's like, um, or do this so that it equal that. Like, everything is so, like, the logical linear is it, or anything else is crazy. And that has really cut both men and women, but particularly women because it's our primal nature. It's cut us off from the feminine. It's cut us off from the realm of the miraculous. And it's cut us off from the, the spiritual world. So... I remember when um, I first started my career, like all these on the internet had sort of just come out and everyone was talking, all these entrepreneurs were talking about leaping out of bed in the morning. They were so happy. (laughs) I was doing, you know, I was doing women's empowerment work and I had a master's degree in clinical psychology and I'm, I'm all about life changing transformation, but especially when it like started having to get involved with internet marketing, was I leaping out of bed in the morning? That's a hard no. And so I was like, what is up with these people? And I was like, well, well what would have 
Gina, what would have you leap out of bed in the morning? And I heard it immediately. I heard, if I knew I was going to the Amalfi Coast, I would leap out of bed that morning. And I was like, ooh, you can't say that. Like, you need to be all about spiritual and psychological and women's empowerment and helping others. And I was like, eh, well, um. anyways, I was like, well, we're just going to push this desire down. And we know that what you resist persists. So it didn't go away. And I was like, okay, well, then why don't I go to the Amalfi Coast? So I went and I made the money uh, to, to come up with that. But I like, couldn't like announce it. Cause I, then it felt bad. It was like, Oh, the only thing that lights Gina up is like materialistic and shallow. And like, all <laughs> right. this stuff. like I just wanted to go shopping on the Isle of Capri. So I go and I get to Italy and I was just so enveloped in the whole Dolce Vita. Like I was just loving every bit of it. And I, at this point, my business had slightly taken off. Uh, and I had a little newsletter going on at the time. And I just put a picture of like, high from Italy and talked a little bit about being there. So at this point, my brand around queen was just in concept, not visual at all. It was like, you know, be the queen of your life, but like, but only a little bit of your life. Cause I, I hadn't fully developed yet. Anyways, I'm in Italy. I send out my newsletter sort of like, you know, hit send and duck behind the couch. Cause I was like so afraid of what people were going to say. And it was amazing. I started getting in all these emails about like, oh my gosh, thank you for showing me what's possible. I want to go to Italy too. I want to go shopping on the Isle of Capri. And then I had someone say, I, I don't want to go to Italy, but I want to go to Costa Rica on a yoga retreat. And this, one, this woman from England wrote in, I don't want to travel at all. I just want new curtains for my kitchen. Like, <laughs> so what I realized was this really strong desire for me to go to Italy it didn't look like it was building my business. I was still in debt and I hear I'm taking a trip to Italy. Um, I should be reinvesting in my business or, or paying off debt or something. But what it gave me was the visual for the queen brand. And so, which was so much more attractive to my ideal clients. I ended up making so much more money in the following weeks because they were buying my programs because they were living vicariously at that time. And they wanted what I had in their lives. So all this to say, you know, we were talking about these impractical dreams. Well, impractical according to human mind, okay, but this was totally practical for spirit to lead me to the land of La Dolce Vita to be living out my full life because ultimately my brand is divine living. Yeah, that's a really, yeah, that's a really great example because most people would be like, well, you know, the trip to Italy, like that's just going to set you five steps, set you back five, six grand, mm -hmm. right? Like that's not something mm -hmm. that's building towards, but you know, and with what you and I both know, this is how I feel about it. Those kind of things. Um, and again, m maybe it's new curtains for someone and it's a trip for someone else. But for me, I'm kind of of the same way, like for me traveling or, or being in a place like that. The feelings that are the good, wonderful feelings that are generated from being there or wherever are the mm -hmm. feelings that are generating the intention towards manifesting. It's instilling the faith. It's, it's, there's so much to that. And for someone else, it might just be going to their local beach and hanging out for an hour. But mm -hmm. it's like whatever you have to do to get yourself into that right vibration. And, you know, going to the coast gave, put you in that vibration that spawned very, quote, practical things, according to other humans. Of course, you and I think they're all practical, but you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I love that. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Um, 
Can you get, you know, if you can think of them offhand, I'd love to hear some examples of people you've coached or worked with where they've done a 180, you know, because people are out there right now. And they might be like, okay, this sounds really great. And woo woo. But like, I just, <laughs> I, I don't believe it is possible for me. Hmm. Well, you know, the human spirit is amazing, just like the body. And it is so capable of massive transformation. And I think that everybody wants that for themselves in whatever area might not, you know, be just, you know, a level 10. And so um, I do write about a lot of them in the book. Like, so one of them, for example, like we're so committed to the excuses, right? Well, I can't because I'm a mom or I can't because my husband's job is here or I can't because... Um, I don't have the money or and, and all the excuses and yet all of the transformation that I've witnessed in the lives of thousands of women now over 20 years and over a hundred countries never came from any practical or even probable source. Like the, like the ones who looked like the superstars or had the support of spouses or had the money in the bank, they weren't the ones that became the successes. It was always the ones who overcame their obstacles, who did it when there's never going to be the perfect time. There's never going to be more than enough time, more than enough money, more than enough support, more than enough clarity. And so um, I'm thinking of one woman who we were like on a panel together, uh, almost, almost similar to this, but it was... Um, it was like a radio interview and someone was interviewing her about motherhood and career and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then it got to me and they were interviewing me about travel and stuff. And she made some like snide comment, like, well, Jeannie, you can do that because you don't have kids. Mm. And I just, I, what I saw in her was her deep desire to travel, but she was being like the sacrificial wife and mother because she really believed she couldn't do that because she had kids. And I said, well, what if you could made your kids the reason, not the excuse? And, and she's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, what would it look like if you and your family were to travel more? And even I was just thinking on a couple of vacations. Like, you know, like, and she's like, well, if I homeschooled my kids then I could travel anytime I wanted to. And I was like, well, is that part of your husband, yours and your husband's value system? And she was like, I'm going to talk to him. And so literally within months, they were totally unified, decided to homeschool the kids, started traveling internationally. Um, and this was like 10 years ago and they still are like, it's like, it's like, I love, love just like going on social media just to see where the family is this month. Um, and they're like, you know, living their life, doing their thing. And she just totally transformed that area um, so that she could genuinely live her dream. That, that I love that. I love that so much. And I love that. Just one question from you sparked, you know, you didn't have, you, you didn't suggest homeschooling. <laughs> she, she was like, well, no. well, if I think about it, it could work that way. You're like, hello, you just answered your own question. That's great. And then I love that she just went full force on it. Um, when you talk mm-hmm. about how to, communicating like a queen, so your desires mm-hmm. are honored. Can we touch on that topic? And what does that mean? Communicate like, communicate like a queen to you? Yes. Oddly, this was one of my biggest queen challenges. Um, I always considered myself a fairly articulate communicator, actually really great at it. I was like, uh, you know, a radio talk show host. And I did like forensics and debate in school. And anyways, um, I 
first realized I wasn't a great communicator when I hired my first virtual assistant. <laughs> I was like, hey, get <laughs> yeah, uh, I got a clarity. as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, as soon as possible. The, her meant three days later, and to me it meant like three hours. Um, I, so let's talk about, there's a couple of concepts. So in terms of communicating like a queen, there's compliance, which is kind of like the little Miss Perfect, the codependent person we were speaking about, like, just like, I'm just going to like be the yes girl or man, say what everyone else wants to hear. And it's just totally in compliance. Then there's the defiant on the other end of the spectrum, there's defiance. And it's just like, you know, the people that are like, abrasive and, you know, going to get their way and you say, like, let's have pasta tonight. And they're like, no, I want sushi just just to be defiant. And, and then in the middle is alliance. And I think that so anytime that we are either in compliance or defiance, we are not in our truth. And usually it's because we're we've been taught to live in a society where only one person wins, either, either that person is right or this person is right either they get their way or i get my way and it's set up really to fail because no one really feels good that way so a lot of women in particular are very like just going to the compliance because they don't want someone else to feel bad um and then other people are in defiance like you know i'm gonna take the bull by the horns if you don't speak up you don't get what you want you know and those are the grabbers and the takers but what it does is leave a society filled with people not being in their truth at all and when you come from the place of the feminine, it's about taking a stand for the and. The masculine is about or. It's either or. You know, the feminine is about take a stand for the end. And I, you know, it's like, why do they ask? Like, why do they ask us? Do you want salad or fries with that? Both. Like, like, why? Why can't we just <laughs> yeah. get in, into an and world? And so, when it came to queenly communication, I was set up for this defeat like many people are because it was it was either them or me and so depending on what my own personality dynamics were with the other person I either didn't want them to feel bad uh, or I didn't want to feel bad thinking that those were the options but when the more I discovered uh, queenly communication and taking a stand for the end it was like really deeply considering both people and we're so it's you know we're taught there's one person is the star and you know there's not typically like a star you know, like in the in the realm of the queens like i teach be a star among stars where we all get to shine brightly and so when i learned to communicate like a queen i really got into okay let's consider it doesn't matter the order, but let's consider my needs. Like what's really important to me. So I needed to see myself. I needed to hear myself. I needed to be there for myself and not self-abandon and really take a look at what's important to me. And when I developed the art of really considering someone else, like, okay, what's their perspective? What's important to them? What, what are their needs? And to be able to hold both has really been the key to communicating like a queen because no longer is it set up for defeat for one person that it's really set up for success for ideally for both people to have a positive outcome. I love that. And in dealing with women and women in such a pro women move, I know you're a big fan of this. I, I talk about it in my book, uh, confident as fuck, which is listen enough with like Beverly housewives, backstabbing 
BS. Right. Right. We, yes. we, mm-hmm. If you have jealousy, competitive women in your life, they probably are. You need to ditch, find a new tribe, lessen your experience hanging around those types of people because the true alphas, the true queens are the ones that are going to encourage you. They're going to want to encourage you to succeed. They're not in competition. I just don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. I believe true confidence, no, no truly confident as F person competes because you lose, right? Um, mm-hmm. Instead, it's about winning, but it's not about your winning associated with the defeat or demise of someone else. And that's usually where jealousy, envy and competition comes into play. And I just feel like I'm so happy to be living in this time with women like you, Lisa Bilyeu, so many other women that are out there who are pro-women women. And so Mm -hmm. I just want to throw that out there to the women out there. Like if you're jealous of your friends and stuff, you've got to look at that. We've got to dive deeper, get your book or mine, get into the self-worth. And because that's not an and mentality. It's not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so interesting. Um, When I first started my career, it was, the other women I were around were highly competitive. And so it, it, when I was younger, I just thought that's the way life was. I thought that's what happens when you become successful, but it didn't feel good to me. So I actually kind of went into isolation. Like I wasn't going to be nattery and competitive. So I just wasn't going to be around it. And I genuinely didn't think the other existed. However, I've transformed so many areas of my life. I transformed my man story. I transformed my money story. Um, and I thought, well, the same concept must exist. Like as foreign as it w- would have been to have had an abundance of money or a, a, like a soulmate that like was really compatible for me. That's how foreign like adult female friendships, like real friendships were to me and, and especially around like work and collaboration. And so before I had the vision, cause it, well, that's really what faith is, right? It's the faith is the evidence of things not seen. I started to apply law of attraction um, and transformational principles to having a peer group. And I started like yes. the same way I said, I see myself with $30,000. I see myself with a community of friends where we have fun and have dinner parties and we're in work collaborations and we're all growing together. And I did the mantras and the visualizations, all that. And now I literally, it took me until last year. Like I, I, I didn't even have the awareness that, that I can create this in every year of my life. And I did it with friends and I am now like, so surrounded with the smartest, most fun, amazing, compassionate, generous girlfriends who are also peers and colleagues and friends like, and this group that they cannot, we can't outgive each other. It's like, it's just so generous and fun and easy. It's like, I just want to echo everything that you said to any woman out there listening, like these women, not only do they exist, they exist in like mass. So make sure you get yourself and your tribe. I'm so glad you said that I've mentioned a couple of times and sorry for the repeat if for the audience who might have heard it. But um, I use the law of attraction and intention to do the same thing with a a new tribe of people. It's not that the old tribe was bad. I've had friends since I was two, right? There's, you know, lots, Mm -hmm. but I just felt like I want more women and people that think like me. And so this is what I wrote down, something to the effect of like, hey, I'd like to attract some more friends into my life. And if they don't know about these concepts that I do, then I'd like at the very least for them to be positively tinged. 
right? Because there's just people that are naturally yeah. po- I didn't want to <laughs> hang out with a bunch of downers, right? But I also didn't want to mm-hmm. like, you know, ditch anybody who might not know about law of attraction and power subconscious mind. But you know, because there are those people that are naturally positively tinged. And I also put one more other thing in there. I said, um, so I, uh, well, I've been very honest about it now that it's legal, but I, I've never been a big drinker, but I do like marijuana. I don't smoke it, but I eat it occasionally. It's just drinking has never been my thing. Um, I don't mm-hmm. mind hanging out with people that are drinking at all. I'm not offended by it at all, but I just didn't want to hang out with a bunch of like lushy drunkies, you know? So mm-hmm. I did put in there, you know, that I wanted, well, them to be like not that interested in alcohol or light drinkers. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And mm-hmm. within a couple of years... I, like you, the most amazing people and women rolled in, the smartest, funniest Mm -hmm. people I've met. And again, it was one of those things where you're manifesting stuff and things and goals, and then you go, wait, can I, maybe I can apply this to like a tribe of people. And you can. You're an example of it. I'm an example of it. I've totally, and some of those people, by the way, were right in front of my face and I didn't even know it. A couple of people had worked at our company and I had never, I I didn't usually go into the office at the time, uh, but I went in there a few times and I hung out and just started chatting with with two of them, uh, Leslie and Daniel. And I was like, these guys are freaking hilarious. Like they're smart and funny. And they were like 10 plus years younger than me. And then I went in the office a couple times and and became close with both of them. I walk regularly with one of them, catch up with the other one constantly. She's out of state now. And they were right there. They were right there for a couple of years before I even, you know, so it's just so funny how Mm -hmm. that worked out, but it is so possible. And I, I just want to put that out there. If you're out there and you're feeling alone or you feel like you don't have good women friends and stuff, listen, hear us out. We are, first of all, we are, you and I are those women type of friends. It's so possible to attract these people. And like you said, they are in abundance. It's not the other way around, you know? And I guess I used to think that way too, almost a victim mentality. Like, oh, is every girl going to just, you know, I'm me going to be this way? Or we see it reflected right in uh, TV and film where it's always the backstabby, whatever. And we think that this is just the way of women. And it doesn't have to be, and it really shouldn't be. And in order to lift all of ourselves up, we've got to get a different tribe and a different vibe going here. Totally. I mean, the a you know the age of queen is now. Like women right. supporting women. It's like yeah, if if you don't already have your tribe, it's the right time because it's just you know, uh, the it's it's part of the old ways that are dying. That you know, for women to not be in community and to be loved up. Yeah. And I mean, it just, it's, it's such a primal thing for us to be, I mean, we used to deliver each other's children for Christ's sakes. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we, that's why we're comfortable naked in an open shower with a bunch of women, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's this totally mm-hmm. a different scene, you know, in a locker room <laughs> between the men and the women. And um, we've got to get back to that, that community, like you said, what are some things you, you have, you've got not only just great pearls of wisdom, you have steps, exercise, meditation, prayers, journal prompts to release, you know, forms of self-doubt, self-sabotage, so that you can discover the best version of you. What are some things you'd like to throw out to our audience to think about as they are moving towards this? Other than, you know, of course, buying your book, which is wonderful. What are some other thoughts on being a queen that we haven't talked about you'd like to impart? Yes. Well, I think in the spirit of what we were just talking about, like the the thing about women being competitive, the other kind of side to that coin is getting jealous of other women. And, you know, it's like, it doesn't take but one thumb scroll on Instagram to be like, ah, I want her life or what she's having. And, you know, or like her post isn't that great. Why did it get so many likes and comments? It's just like, you know, we're so inundated. 
And um, one of the philosophies in the book is to understand that everybody that's been placed in your path has been placed there for a reason. And particularly where there's any jealousy or competitiveness, and it's probably only coming up because you haven't yet cultivated the certainty that that actually is meant for you as well. And so, you know, realizing that you don't need to look at anyone else and get upset that she's manifested something in particular as much as to really get great at being feminine, meaning getting great at receiving exactly that for yourself. And being inspired by it, right? Being inspired by it. I can have that too versus why did she get it and I didn't. That is not the mindset. (laughs) Totally, totally. And then the exercise around that, because, you know, it's all this stuff is like ping ponging in our heads where our triggers and our jealousy and our like, wait, I'm a bad person because I think this way now. And, you know, the, the downward spiral. So what um, one of the exercises that I write about in the book is called the cosmic thank you note. And so whether you actually send one or create one that you don't send. I remember um, a while ago, I saw someone who was like, I, like a smaller fish than me, but who's judging, uh, who was <laughs> like in one of those like big telesummits with like a bunch of huge fish in our industry. And I was like, Oh, how did she get invited to that? And I was like, I was so jealous because, you know, and I thought it was just ridiculous because I was a bigger fish than her and anyways. Right. Like how could they not and, have chosen me? I clearly have more credentials. Right. <laughs> yeah. just ridiculous. So how unqueenly, right? So I went and, you know, I I applied spiritual practice. And I just I really got like, okay, what's the message in here? And I got that she was showing me a what I wanted, and b what was possible for me. So anyone who shows you more clearly what you desire for yourself in your own life, and what is actually possible, at minimum, they deserve a thank you note. And so I sat down and in this case, I, because I knew her, I actually did write her an email and I said, we'll just call her Jane, you know, dear Jane, I just saw that you were, uh, you know, you're part of this summit with X, Y, and Z involved. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. I, I think it's amazing that you've gotten yourself positioned with these leaders in our industry. And I also wanted to transparently share with you that seeing you there made me realize that I desire more of those types of platforms for myself. And be, you know, and I know that what's humanly possible for one is humanly possible for another. So not only have you shown me what's possible, uh, that, or that I, the, more clearly what I want for myself, you've shown me that it's possible. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you. Thank you for your courage, for showing up, for doing what you've done, because this has made a really big difference in my life. Amazing. And I just felt completely different after having written that. And and I in that case I did send it off. I've sent other I've written other cosmic thank you notes that I did not actually send. Um, but in that case, she wrote me right back and she was like she was adorable. She's like, Oh my gosh, thank you for saying so. I was so scared to pitch myself to be, you know, in the, among these fish and but you know, like she was working on her, you know, she's just like us, like she was working her own confidence and she was well aware that she was the small fish. And, um, anyways, it was just a really nice connection. And ever since then, I've continued to just train my neurological pathways that I see someone with something that I want. And especially if it's defaulted into jealousy, then it's my moral obligation to myself to manifest that in my life. 
Yeah. And what I like about that, that note too, is I would be willing to bet a million bucks right now that after you wrote it, you moved into a space of being so happy for her and proud of her versus that other feeling of like, wait, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, because sometimes, I mean, envy and jealousy can be synonymous, but usually when we're jealous of someone, oftentimes we're kind of secretly hoping they fail at that thing that we're jealous of them for having, right? Like, that's not fair. Like, how'd they get it? And then they can roll into like, oh, you know, well, watch or like hoping they'll, they're downfall, you know, and that's just ego. But at the end of the day, I know your vibration had to have shifted to that. What an encouraging vibration to put out, right? Mm -hmm. Versus the one you were having. And I like the fact that, look, it's one of those things. You don't have to send it. You could do it in your head, change your vibration around. If you're feeling that, just go, hold on a minute. Let me, let me like roll out a thank you out loud to myself and my apartment or what, you know, whatever the scenario is. I love that because you're so right. And, um, that what someone else has achieved, if there's a, is a little bit of jealousy in there or envy it's just showing you something that you want. You just got clearer about, oh, yeah, I guess I'm jealous because I want that too, right? Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you for showing me something I wanted that now I need to put in my vibrational sphere. Exactly, exactly. Life is just so much more fun this way and much more powerful. As we uh, close, how can we work with you directly or indirectly? How can we get more out of your knowledge and expertise versus just buying your book? Tell us, and of course, we'll put everything in the show notes to connect with you, but do you coach one-on-one? -on -one? Do you have programs? How can we benefit from lifting ourselves up through your work? Uh, yes. Well, um, come visit me at divineliving.com. It's D-I-V-I-N-E. DivineLiving.com houses all of my um, podcasts and I've got uh, videos and um, whatever the program offers are that are there. All, all of that is there. However, if you would like my book, The Audacity to Be Queen, The Unapologetic Art of Dreaming Big and Manifesting Your Most Fabulous Life, you can go to DivineLiving.com forward slash book and you can get um, audio, hardcover, uh, Kindle version there. And also go definitely go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity. Uh, this is the, where you will get the free companion course to my book. You don't have to buy the book to, to jump into this course. It's my gift to the world. There's videos, there's workbooks, there's a thriving Facebook group, um, with thousands of cool women from around the world in it. Um, and it's just really a place to talk about being in high vibration around other women who are just going for their dreams in all different capacities. It's completely free. So divineliving.com forward slash audacity. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, if that's your thing, I'm at Gina Devi. Thank you so much. And also what I love about the community you've created as well is like we talked about, if you're out there and you don't have a good tribe and every time you Tell them one of your grand ideas or your practical dreams. They're like, yeah, good luck with that. Okay, well, then mm -hmm. that's the place you go for encouragement, for unbiased encouragement from women, right, who are all going to yes. be in the favor of you. And this is, look, that that that's that's where sometimes you need to go is to an unbiased anonymous group that is going to lift you up when maybe you have not manifested the tribe to do so. So it's wonderful. You've created such a community. Um, the book is great. Love your work. Also. So, you know, you could just Google your name and so many YouTube videos will pop up and you can get a real feel for, uh, for Gina's work and her, uh, uh just wonderful work you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing, sharing your life's journey. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. My vibe is higher already as a result of this conversation. <laughs> That's how, yeah, maybe we'll have like a follow-up call. We're like, we manifested $8 million after this call <laughs> in two minutes now. Um, yeah, really good stuff. Thanks so much for lifting up the vibe and we will uh, see everyone next week. Hey, Primal Blueprint listeners. Did you know that Primal Kitchen Collagen Peptides help support hair, skin, and nails? Well, we offer a variety of collagen products to suit everyone's palate, from unflavored to mango pineapple or golden turmeric to our keto matcha or chai tea collagen latte mixes and more. Visit us at primalkitchen.com and start fueling your day with collagen peptides. Hi, folks. Mark Sisson here. If you found your way to the primal path and want to help others live primally too, then visit primalhealthcoach.com to learn how you can join our mission to help 100 million people reclaim their health and how you can turn your passion for wellness into a profitable health coaching career that you love. The world needs health coaches. The world needs you. So visit primalhealthcoach.com today to learn more.